coming up on the Building a Coaching Culture podcast. A lot of leaders are introverts. They would much rather not go to that cocktail party. They would much rather not go into that room and fill it with their energy because doing so exhausts them. But they also understand that they have a role, an obligation to provide that kind of energy to their team. You're listening to the Building a Coaching Culture podcast. If you need to compete and win in the 21st century labor market as an employer of choice, this podcast is for you. Each week, we share leadership development, coaching, and culture development insights from leading experts who are developing world-class cultures in their own organizations. And now, here's your host, J.R. Flatter. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, J.R. Platter here with Rosalie and Lucas, as always. Hello. everyone. So here we are, final two enabling characteristics. And I'm confident the most provocative, and I'm confident the ones that make you scratch your head the most. But we'll slow walk through charisma, and hopefully by the end of the week, you'll appreciate charisma as much as we do as a characteristic of leadership. So here we are in our journey, uh, one more enabling characteristic, and then we'll talk about lifelong learning and how all this fits together. As you head off towards your 30-year goals, objectives, and key results. I love this quote from Charles de Gaulle. For me, it epitomizes what we're talking about when we talk about charisma in a leader. There can be no power without mystery. There must always be a something that the others cannot altogether fathom which puzzles them, stirs them, and rivets their attention. It epitomizes this idea of charisma in bold, courageous leadership for me. What do y'all think about charisma as we head into this discussion? You have it? It's important to you? I think there's lots of different ways that it can play out in different personalities because some people are mysterious, like overtly other people might say what's on their mind and that gets people to think, oh, like that guy, you know, he always speaks out. And, you know, so I guess building that mystery is kind of possible depending on your personality type. It's multifaceted, I think. Yeah. There's a lot of charismatic folks that I look up to in my life that I aspire to be more like. Talking about charisma is so hard because it's something that's not tangible as the other characteristics. It's like that sparkle that the person has. And so when I do think of it, I think of the other people in my life that have it and how I want to be more like them or how I look up to them. Yeah, it is different for every one of us. And it comes in many forms, as you said. And it is very vaporous, right? You just can't grab handfuls of charisma. And it's hard to define because of those reasons. This is as close as I've been able to get in our teaching. A compelling attractiveness, and this is, I think, what you meant by the word sparkle. Compelling means drawing, you know, bringing you in, that inspires action in others. In some ways, that's a definition of leadership itself, right? What do you do as a leader? You give a vision, get people to come and follow you, and hopefully, if you have referent power, using referent power, they are inspired to follow you and not begrudgingly follow you. So several things about charisma that drive people away from the idea that it could be a characteristic of leadership. And one of those is that superficial charisma that we most often think about when we think about the idea of charisma. 
very superficial because of fame or because of some other shallow reason you're drawn to this person. That's not the kind of charisma we're talking about. We're talking about a deep charisma that doesn't take place immediately. It grows over time and it's uh, really inspiring across the entirety of the person's personal and professional thoughts and actions. Any thoughts on this? The how to win friends and influence people. Like there's certain things you can do that are like kind of on the superficial level, but if you, you know, do them for years, like little compliments and just paying attention to people's likes and dislikes and things that you can kind of use across the board. And I know this is a circular discussion. A lot of leadership is. A lot of leadership is paradoxical, right? You can't really put a straight line to it. And I think charisma, as we describe it, is one of those. If you are willing and able, if you can muster the courage to demonstrate the characteristics of the house of leadership, you are going to become charismatic to those who follow you. So if you have principles, you espouse and communicate and achieve a vision, if you're bold, if you know where you are on the technical, cognitive, and emotional continuum, creating, collecting, and using power as a leader, not a tyrant, those who are on your team are going to begin creating and telling the story of you as a charismatic leader. At the end of the day, I don't think we ever talked about culture. Culture in an organization is the story that the organization tells about itself, the story that the world tells about the organization. So it's an interior and exterior stories that combine to be the culture that you have. And that is because you're living and communicating and demonstrating that house of leadership. The other important thing for me is, so it's a deep characteristic created over time. It's created and communicated by living and demonstrating the principles and the boldness, all the characteristics of the house of leadership. And then this final piece, and it's something that we talk about a lot, on our team is that if you're able, you're obligated. If you're able to be a charismatic leader, I think, in my humble opinion, there's some obligation there for you to be that charismatic leader. The world once needs and deserves your leadership. Your team once needs and deserves your leadership. To be that complete leader, they want, need, and deserve your charismatic leadership. As Bruce Lee said a few minutes ago, it's this vaporous intangible, but it is accepting the role of walking into a room and filling that room with your leadership, walking into the room and giving leadership to every person who wants, needs, and deserves it. Not begrudgingly, but you've accepted that role as that leader. What are your thoughts, team? The other day I was talking about like being a father to a little kid or just in my experience, like how they build you up to be like this superhero or this like charismatic person in their life. Oh, this, this guy is so cool to me. And so you have that responsibility to kind of live up to that, but then also like, okay, how do I, you know, what do I do to keep that going? And so it's like easy to say like with somebody that's a loved one in your, in your life to make that relationship, but to do that as a leader of people that you're working with, like that can be a game changer. Yeah, I guess charisma, like we were, we've been talking about, it's not really that tangible thing, but I also can see it being like an intersection of 
confidence, communication, authenticity, charm. Like there are so many things that fall into it. And so I don't know. I guess my question for you both is, do you think it's something someone can curate themselves and work on? Or do you think it's just something someone's born with? Yeah, great question. Obviously, well, not maybe not obviously, but I think you could agree that some people are more naturally charismatic than others. And we hear about presidents and actors and baseball players who, when you're in a room with them, you feel like you're the only person in the room and they're, they're able to focus 100% of their attention. We can learn how to do those things. How to Win Friends and Influence People is a great book on exactly that. Dale Carnegie wrote it in the 1930s, I think, almost 100 years ago. And there are a lot of, I wouldn't say tricks, methods in that book that the person you're meeting with, speaking with, is going to walk away and say, wow, Rosalie is a pretty cool person. I want to be around Rosalie more. So yeah, the answer is yes. Are you going to be a world-class charismatic? Maybe not. We work with a lot of introverts. A lot of leaders are introverts. They would much rather not go to that cocktail party. They would much rather not go into that room and fill it with their energy because doing so exhausts them. But they also understand that they have a role, an obligation to provide that kind of energy to their team. You know, that's the first time I've connected charisma and energy. Yeah, I think um, part of the charisma is like being able to share whatever personality you do have, whether you are more reserved or introverted. I think a lot of the times for me, I think when I'm being reserved, I'm thinking, oh, like, they're not interested in hearing about this or, you know, I'm just keeping my thoughts to myself. But then you can kind of think about those moments where you might have, you know, not been showing your charisma just because you put some barrier in front of yourself. But if you're super geeky and nerdy like me, like, and you don't think that other people are going to be interested, try sharing that with people and you'll see that there's connections between, you know, what you're interested in, what they might be. So there's a relationship between charisma and vulnerability. Are you willing to be vulnerable? And you mentioned Brene Brown in the, in the last session. She talks about taking off our armor to be more vulnerable. All right. Accept and fulfill this critical role. Just like determining where you need to be on the technical, cognitive, and emotional continuum. The higher you go in the org chart, the more emotional intelligence and the less technical you'll use. And are you willing and able to make that decision? talking to a customer this morning, are they willing to reinvent work? Because what you do as work in the early part of your career and in, in the latter part of your career could be very different. The same thing applies to charisma. Are you willing and able to be that leader you need to be at this point in your career, at this point in the continuum on the TCE? So if you're an emotionally intelligent 21st century leader, I would strongly suggest you accept and fulfill this role. Before we move into the development, I'll tell you a story that for me exemplifies this charisma that I'm describing, that we're describing. And part of the pushback on charisma, just like power, it's been a lot of people in history who have done really bad things with charisma, convinced themselves and others to do very bad things. That's not the kind of charisma we're talking about. This is a leadership charisma, not a tyrannical charisma. So early on in my civilian career early on in our business. I was working with an organization that was reinventing itself. 
And one of the activities we did, myself and another consultant, went and visited the Internal Revenue Service for an entire day. I forget how many stories the building is, but it's a skyscraper in Washington, D.C. We literally started in the mailroom that morning, worked our way up hour by hour, conversation by conversation. Finally, we're in the executive suite, and we're going to meet the commissioner, IRS commissioner. And like many jobs in Washington, FBI director, IRS commissioner, it's a 10-year gig. You're in the chair for 10 years, and this particular leader was toward the end of his 10 years. All day long in all of our conversations, we kept hearing about Charlie. Charlie this, Charlie that. He's a great leader. He's inspirational. He uses his power well. We've reinvented our entire organization in, under his leadership. And so you can imagine by the time we go into the executive suite, I have this vision of who this person is. I'd never seen a picture of him. And I walked in an office and was surprised at what I saw. Shorter than average. Suit was too big. Uh, glasses were on crooked. You could see his fingerprints on them when he'd been taking them on and off all day. And when he shaved that morning, he'd missed a spot on his chin. And I thought, is this the leader I've heard described all day long as this aspirational, inspirational characteristic of charisma? And it was. He was demonstrating his house of leadership and had therefore been given this, people were telling this story of him as this charismatic, powerful, bold, courageous leader. That's the kind of charisma we're describing all right, developmental assignments. As always, journaling, have a conversation with your significant other. If you are going to start practicing these charismatic skills, bring them along with you. Find a leader you consider especially charismatic and have a conversation with them. How does charisma fit into your life? Was it natural or did you grow it over time? And then finally, your coach, as you round out your week, have a conversation with your coach. If it makes sense, bring charisma into that conversation. All right, team, any thoughts as we close out this session? I remember that this week I had a really positive conversation with someone who is really outside my network. And they were just talking about how a part of their charismatic leadership was if they were asking people to do work for them, they were like at 2 a.m. in the morning, they were up with them as well. Like mm. it was just a really inspirational conversation that I had. And so don't forget to talk to the leaders that you feel resemble these enabling characteristics. All right. See y'all next session. Well, that concludes this episode of Building a Coaching Culture. I truly hope that this episode was helpful to you. If it was, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Maybe stop and give us a rating or a review and share this podcast with someone who might find it helpful as well. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.